Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of All Caps and Bagpipes, the Scottish Baseball Podcast. I'm John McKellar. And I'm Jason Durr, former league president and Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer. Jason, we've wrapped up the regular season in Baseball Scotland for this year. Uh, we have one more week of games, uh, a couple of make-up games that the Glasgow teams have to play uh, still. Um, uh, so we've got a pretty amazing weekend of baseball to look back on, a few really good results, and uh, one in particular, a milestone for the Table Breakers. Um, on that note, we are joined by Table Breakers, Marina DeAngelis tonight. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining us, Marina. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, we're going to have a, an in-depth chat about your uh, time in Scotland, how you came here, and uh, your time playing baseball across the both here and back home. Uh, but before we do, Jason, let's get fired into the final weekend of the regular season and the scores. Great. So I've got the report from the Devils Cannon game. I said it, Cannons jumped out to an early lead of 2 nothing. there. The game was tight. Uh, Sylvan started for the Devils and Harris was on that mound for the Cannons. Uh, the, the couple they got their two runs on a couple of errors by the Devils, but the bottom of the fourth, the Devils made some contact, made some, you know, there were some defensive miscues. So uh, ended up scoring three runs that inning with the final score, three to two to Devils. And uh, I wish said Kyle for MVP this year with his performance on the mound. So we'll see. I think we're having a vote for what's going to happen there. So yeah, uh, interesting one. I didn't, you know, the Devils, didn't let the cannons just, you know, take the easy win and let them take second place. That it would look like it was a hard-fought battle. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, on top of off the back of uh, what you said about um, Kyle, there, uh, I don't know that there's many who have a claim to MVP. Uh, you know, outside of, of Kyle this year, if he's pitched uh, as well as he has for the Diamond Devils this year, obviously he's been a massive part of their championship winning team this season. I mean, you've known him long, a hell of a lot longer than I have. Uh, I think Kyle has always had the talent and the ability, and like you've uh, covered previously on the podcast, you know, getting the focus was always kind of the only step he was away from becoming a really top player in this country. Yeah, I, I don't know how much he's on the wacky-backy, but I think that that might have helped as well, too. Allegedly. So, uh, <laughs> we don't know what's going on there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it looks like he put it all together there. I, you know, I, I hopefully... Uh, this continues of that. I mean, if and maybe it's just a bit of maturity thing, and he's just grown up more now, and and can be focused more. Um, you know, it's great to see that you know uh, we were able to you know put it all together for a season for him. For sure, yeah. I'm personally, I'm really happy for Kyle because as as we've kind of touched on, he's been around for a very long time. You know, him longer than I have. I've been in the league nearly ten years now, um, so it's great to see him start to really fully realise the potential he's always had. Um, in the past, you know, when he's had run into some tricky situations, a few men on base, he had a bit of a tendency to maybe not come through. Um, he would kind of lose his nerve a bit. Um, but this year, he's definitely put an end to that. Um, and I've seen it personally once or twice uh, in games. Um, so again, just, yeah, um, MVP is going to be a tight race this year um, from, a, from a batting standpoint. But from an overall MVP, um, I think you have to probably give the nod to Kyle at this point. Sounds like a plan. I said, I don't know who anyone else has a bigger claim than Kyle at the moment. So who knows? I said, if we count the, the Caledonian Cup, that somebody might catch fire in that way. And it might be a way to sway sway the judges at the end or the, the people that vote. So, yeah, no, I think, I mean, over 11 weeks of pure consistency, um, it has to go to Kyle, I think, from, a, from an MVP standpoint. Let's move to Glasgow, where the Comets and Galaxy had the final derby in the regular season. Uh, it was the Galaxy who ran out very close winners. Um, it was a final score of 2-1. Uh, 
Um, which I, have, I think has to be the tightest scoreline that we've seen in a very long time in Scottish baseball. We've seen a 3-1 before in this fixture this season, um, and even a 3-2, I think, in a development game, but a 2-1 game, that's almost unheard of in Scotland. You know what? That just shows you the level of talent we're playing with now. You know, you normally had football scores, and I mean NFL scores. You know, we're talking 21 to 14, you know, 14 to 10, and a 2-1 game here, and it just shows you the level of playing is off the charts for us at the moment. This is probably the best league-wide ball we're playing across the board uh, this century. Let's go that far. It has to be um, since I started, at least that's almost a decade ago now. So, yeah, um, by far the most competitive season of Scottish baseball that we've seen. Now, you did mention NFL football scores, and we do have one. Uh, the Tayfort Breakers uh, on the last day picked up the first win, um, a 16-1 to victory over the Aberdeen Oilers. Um, we've got one of the breakers here. Unfortunately, uh, Marina, you weren't able to make it to the game. Um, but uh, let's let's fire over to you. And have you heard anything from the guys about uh, how Sunday went? Uh, how did they manage to put it together and, and pick up not just the first win, but a massive scoreline to go with it? Yeah. Um, well, from what I heard, I'm, like you said, I wasn't there and I was so gutted because I would have loved to see that and be a part of it. But so happy for the guys. Um from what I heard, it was just a, everything came together. Um, I don't think there were any errors on the day. So defense was tight, which is awesome. Um, something that we've been working on is kind of shutting down when we make errors, not make errors on top of that, but even better if we just don't make one error in the first place, we'll take that. Um, I think pitching was great as well, definitely on ball and um, people were hitting the ball and people were getting clutch hits as well. And um, batters that have been working on stuff throughout the season just kept getting hotter and hotter. So um, I think everything just came together for the last game, which was amazing to see. That is fantastic. Um, I've been kind of saying it on the podcast over the course of the year um, that it was only ever going to be a matter of time before Tabor eventually won one. Um, you guys have been putting back on ball really quite consistently over the course of the season. Um, the pitching staff has been has ranged from good to solid or solid to good um, I think that obviously with the addition of Shen, Shen Yen late on uh, I think that this could be the we discussed this last week Jason this this particular pickup could be the one that takes you guys over um, that kind of mark of like let's let's kick on from here and obviously this will probably be better for um, in the immediate sense the, the Caledonia Cup tournament which is coming up in just the next couple of weeks um, but more so uh, next move, like next season and moving forward from there yeah, absolutely. So I think we need we need to come up with a, a nickname for Xing Yan because I don't think he actually has one, but he's got to be the professor now. And since he's up there, be the professor up there. It sounds like he put on a clinic when he was up there last week on this weekend. <laughs> oh, so he's now now he's now the professor. So Xing Yan, if you're watching, that's your new nickname, buddy. Enjoy. <laughs> Dr. Shin. Um, so yeah, that was the scoreline. That was the scores for this past Sunday, the 29th of August. Um, let's take a wee quick look at the final standings. Final standings and inverted commas. We have one last week of makeup games to go, but uh, at the end of the regular season, the Scottish National Baseball League was won by the Diamond Devils quite comfortably. They finished the season 10 and 1. The Comets and Cannons have a makeup game to come up this uh, this coming Sunday. So that game will determine who finishes in second place this season. Um, it's uh, both teams on match with six and four records. Uh, one team will end the season seven and four, one will end the season six and five. Um, and whichever Team wins that will get a buy into the, uh, into the through the first round of the Caledonia Club uh, <coughs> through the first round of the Caledonia Classic. Managed to get it eventually. Sorry, I just need a whisper goal. Uh, it's, it's, no. 
it's stuck in your back of your throat. Yeah. So yeah, so it's gonna, be, it's gonna be interesting weekend because a lot rides on this game this weekend. There, you know, do you get a buy? Do you not get a buy? Yeah. And then of course, if Edinburgh wins, what happens the second round when both teams are supposed to be playing in Edinburgh? So it could be really interesting how this all works out. Yeah, yeah, it could be very intriguing um, how that's going to be scheduled by Paul if that does come past. Um, but uh, yeah, for the rest of the standings, we've got uh, the four and six ga Galaxy and Oilers. So those guys are playing for uh, a seed as well this weekend. Um, they're both at four and six. They've got a makeup game to go. So one of those teams is going to finish five and six and end up the season in fourth place. Uh, the other, of course, will end up the season four and seven and end in fifth. Obviously, the Breakers uh, finished last place this year. Um, but it's great to finally see a crooked number in that win call. Absolutely. We're so pleased for you guys. You got your final win on the last game of the season and a solid one as well. So uh, with that in mind, let's uh, move on to an interview with Marina. Um, uh, before we go, we got okay. something to announce. We got a big announcement for tomorrow. Did you forget about we'll that? that? We'll announce that at the end of the show. Well, yeah, but then people are watching now. I want to announce it at the end of the show as well, too. So we've got a special guest tomorrow. We have Ren Quantrill of... The, under, the GB under 23 is coming on for our lunchtime show tomorrow, one o'clock. Uh, we'll be announcing again after the show as well. But while we have everyone watching now, we'll be doing a lunchtime show with Ren. And so if you have any questions how things went uh, at Team GB the last weekend, um, please join us from then. Absolutely. Um, it's going to be exciting to chat to Ren. We had him on the show uh, quite a while back. I think it was the start of 2020 when we were gearing up for the season that wasn't. Um, he was on with uh, Rory. Right. It's going to be nice to chat to Rain again uh, after about a year and a half or so um, of his exploits. Since then, obviously, he hasn't played a lot of Scottish National League baseball because he's had the somewhat bigger fish to fry recently, Jason, with his GB number 23 uh, shenanigans, uh, a BSUK player of the week on us uh, just a few weeks back. And so he's been a busy boy and he's been doing quite well at it. Absolutely. So we're excited to have Ren on. He's currently in quarantine for the next 10 days. So it's a perfect time to have him on the show because he's got nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know if your mother ever told you that. My mother always told me not to keep a lady waiting, Jason. So that's right. Why I yeah. <laughs> well, there's quite a few comments already there. So I don't know if Marina's following the, the feed here to see who's commenting, but you've got Uncle Mike and uh, oh. uh, Ryan from Phoenix have already said hello oh, there. No way. And that's, 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 that's um, <laughs> Auntie Tina says hello too. So they want. Let's oh, I got a little family. <laughs> <laughs> How do I see the comments? You gotta watch on Facebook there, but just make sure you mute it. Otherwise, you'll get the feedback of your what have our conversation ten seconds later. <laughs> yeah. So, Jason, you're the host here. Are you able to to ban people? Because Stephen Loudon's giving me chip about the years beating the Yankees and in the street. So, get him, get him to fuck. Um, <laughs> I say congrats to T-Port and uh, yeah mate D'Angelis and my cousin doing a great job from Uncle Mike Ryan Phoenix Paul Convoy seems shocked about something yes because he, because he's going to have to figure out if Edinburgh wins how you're going to have the second round <laughs> in Edinburgh over the weekend that's what yeah, that's Mickey, Mickey Tarion Walton I love that name Mickey Tarion fantastic I will call him Henrik uh, well done Breakers uh, yeah and Tina uh, Ivan Hernandez um Whoever ends third will have their hands full playing paper. I can totally agree with that. I agree completely, Ivan, um, particularly with the, how they will be buoyed by this past Sunday. And finally getting that first one on the board. So, Maria, Marina, let's get to you, finally. Um, thank you so very much again for joining the show. Uh, we obviously usually like to start with... Uh, we usually start basically at the beginning. Um, where, did you, where did you come from initially, um, and how did you end up in Scotland, first of all? Yeah, so um, I'm from close enough to Vancouver in Canada. Um, 
played baseball in my life there. It's kind of what I love doing and um, came over to Scotland January 2019 for physiotherapy school. And um, before I moved over, I just wanted to see if there was baseball in Scotland. I had no idea. I was like, oh no, am I gonna have to play cricket? I have no idea the rules. Um, so thank God I found Aberdeen and the teams there. And uh, yeah, just got in contact with the coaches. So yeah, I couldn't be happier. So when you were growing up, did you play baseball? Uh, was it baseball for you? Because I said, I've talked to various people out that way. Um, one of my favorite artists is Lauren Taylor, who is from uh, the Orcas Islands and uh, settled in Vancouver there. And she played softball because obviously we're a little bit older than you. And uh, there wasn't baseball for women at that point in time. So uh, she played for as long as she could before switching to fast pitch. So. Right. Um, well, I was lucky enough. Um, so I played um, North Delta minor baseball growing up. Um, so there was a couple girls that played with me, but then kind of dropped off. And then I ended up being the only girl on the team for a while. Um, in high school, I had a baseball academy, which was amazing. When I was in grade nine, about um, 14 years old, they started a baseball academy. So I joined that right away because we had a baseball field right at my high school. So got involved in that. And um, about that time, I found out that there was a provincial women's baseball team because I had no idea that there were other girls in the province playing the sport as like as well, um, just because I wouldn't see them. I only played within my group. So when I found out there is an option to play um, with women, I was like, oh, of course, let me do that. So I joined the um, BC women's team, I guess. Yeah, but when I was 14 or so, I guess 2009 ish and pretty much have played with them ever since when I've been in Canada. Um, and then when I went to college, I had to make that decision. I wanna play baseball, I don't wanna play softball, probably not gonna <laughs> manage to play baseball in college, but um, I dabbled in softball when I was younger as well, just kind of playing here and there, just seeing, oh, do I like it? Do I not like it? But I decided it was nice to play with females as well. And um, I ended up playing for Douglas College softball for two years and then switched over to Simon Fraser, which is a Div 2 softball um, university in uh, Burnaby in Canada as well. So that was the only Canadian um, NCAA school, which is kind of cool. So we'd play against all the teams in the States. So yeah, I did a bit of both for sure, but um, my heart's always kind of been with baseball. So how far would you travel for these things? I mean, everyone complains about these three-hour, you know, bus or not even a bus drive, car rides from say Aberdeen to Edinburgh or Glasgow. And uh, yeah. back in the day, we used to do the do the, these five-hour drives to Liverpool and Hull and all that. There, how long were your travels when you had to play baseball? Because I don't think anyone appreciates how how long these rides are. Oh yeah, I mean, um, both my colleges when I played at Douglas College and Simon Fraser, we were the only Canadian schools in the division, so all of our games would be across the border unless we had a home game. So that takes in border weights into account and grab your passports and grab your snacks and everything. So, I mean, they ranged from maybe closest school was three hours away, maybe farthest school is about a 12 hour bus ride. So <laughs> I had to play Montana once and yeah, it was just, um, you're just living in a bus for pretty much your whole spring. <laughs> and I can attest, there's nothing to see in that drive all the way from the West Coast to Montana. That is just a lot just, of- Just sleeping, yeah. Put some yeah. good tunes on. <laughs> yep. So Marina, you you touched earlier on how you were, um, you were largely uh, involved in Kuwait uh, in, in the kind of early days. Uh, you did have a few more female teammates, but then they kind of dropped off, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, you have and here a couple of times as well that you really quite enjoyed being able to play all women's baseball. 
and softball. Um, do you, how do you feel that has prepared you for how things are played over here? Obviously, we now have a wee bit more of a dedicated women's game, um, but that's still very much in its infancy. And with the COVID pandemic and everything, progress here has been a bit slower than I think we would all like. Um, how do you feel that's set you up for you know largely male uh, teams when you've come over here? Um, I think it's, well, first off, it's a great environment over here. Like everyone is so open and so welcoming to playing with females, which is awesome. Um, I feel like growing up, obviously, you can imagine going through teenage years and being the only girl on the team, you get chirped a little bit and you can imagine the stigmas and everything. Um, people thinking, oh, the girl's up to bat. Oh, everyone infield move or <laughs> outfield move in. And you get all of that kind of stuff growing up. So I think um, kind of it hardens you a little bit. And I think it's different playing with um, females that played baseball in British Columbia because they all had similar experiences to that as well. They were kind of all the um, only girls on their team and getting, you know, that same kind of experience that builds them up and makes them a little bit tougher on the outside. So when it was coming together with that women's BC team, it was kind of that nice shared experience and everyone kind of knew where everyone came from, even though you didn't grow up with these people. Um, on the other hand, playing softball is different because they grew up playing with girls, whereas I grew up playing with guys. So it was almost that different kind of culture shock for me. Um, softball being a little bit different, kind of girls doing their hair all nicely and me just coming in all scruffy, like, oh, let's play just dirty baseball <laughs> pants and everything. Like, and so that was a bit of a culture shock for me, just um, from baseball to softball within Canada. But um, yeah, fun coming to Scotland. I mean, it's such a good environment and everyone is so opening and so welcome. Um, which just makes it great for anybody new that wanting to try the sport, whether they're female or male. I mean, it's, I can't ask for anything better. And I think it's a really good opportunity for people that want to try out the sport and um, might be a little bit more kind of unsure, like, um, you know, am I new to this or, you know, is everyone gonna judge me? I feel like there's none of that. Everyone is so open and so welcoming. So it's, it's really good to see more female join the sport as well, just because of that good environment, I think. Yeah, and I know that you're kind of seen as a kind of a standard that a lot of the females who play the game in Scotland look at and, and want to aspire to. I know that Fiona has talked about that previously on the show. Oh, that's uh, what I think. Um, are you aware of that? And if so, how much importance do you place on that responsibility? Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm really aware of that. It's really flattering to hear. Um, I guess I know just in general, like I do have a lot of experience in the sport, just playing it growing up. Um, so from that standpoint, it's really nice to know that people kind of would want to look up to me or any way or ask questions or feel like um, they can come to me if they have any issues or anything. Um, I think that's, that's a really nice honor to have. And I think it gives me, um, it does give me kind of a responsibility with the woman's side of things as well, because I've been approached by different people um, asking about kind of, uh, you know, playing for teams or kind of getting stuff together, or my thoughts and opinions on, um, on women's programs. So I do appreciate that people are asking me that stuff because I do feel that I have quite a bit to say about it. And if, yeah, if anybody wants to ask me anything about that, please, please do. Um, so before we dive a bit deeper into your time playing in Scotland, um, we haven't really heard too much about the, the status of the women's program. Are you able to give us an update on where that's at at the moment? Are you guys expecting to play a full season or anything resembling that next year? Yeah, I can't speak much to that, to be honest. I know um, they were trying to get some games together this 
year. Um, they've got the Thistles up in Aberdeen and then the Nomad team, which was supposed to be a team just made up of other women not having um, like a home base, I guess. But um, that didn't really come to fruition. I'm not entirely sure if that was just kind of a numbers problem or that I can assume just um, the amount of women playing and the ability to field two teams might be a little bit difficult in that sense. Um, but I think for possibly for next year, I know um, Jason in Tayport is looking into getting more women involved as well. Like he's really big um, support of that. So if there's a possibility, maybe even, I don't know if anyone's kind of spoken about this or even thrown this into the air, but if there's enough women between the Aberdeen and Tayport areas, they're kind of closer together and even starting practicing between those two areas might be kind of a good place to start as well. Cause I think we just need more numbers right now. Yeah, that seems to, I think Jason, I think that's been an issue with women in the sport pretty much since this league has existed. It's just the interest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And even, um, even in my own home province of British Columbia, like we've got a really good core team of women playing, but there's still throughout the whole province and British Columbia is quite large as well. Um, you don't have that many women playing in, in, you know, comparison to the whole, the whole province. So it is difficult to get that numbers together, but that's just going to be, um, yeah, just recruiting and getting the word out and um, getting more people practicing. So I'm curious, Maria, do you think that's just because there's not a natural pathway for women to get into baseball? Again, you, like you said, there's a stigma going, okay, I, I've started playing baseball as my youth. And as you get older and older, most women just transition into fast pitch because it's just easier that way. Instead of going, you know what, I actually really like baseball. I just don't want to put up the shit that I get from the guys. <laughs> I think it's, that's a really good question. Um, I think in Scotland, it's, well, to my understanding, it's obviously there's not as much baseball here as there is in Canada. Like you hear about it a lot. That's like one of the core games that kids play growing up. Whereas here um, is probably not much kind of ingrained into the full culture. It's more like, you know, football and rugby and kind of stuff along those lines. So in that regards, it's, um, it's probably not as well known about in the youth. And I think that's where you have to start with baseball is with the youth. And it's so amazing that we've got so many youth programs coming up. Um, we've got great turnouts for, um, for the Tayport, the Crushers. And I know in Aberdeen, they have a really good youth program as well. So I think if I had to say growing up, like as a youth in Scotland playing baseball, I think you would kind of avoid a lot of that kind of stigma that comes with being that only girl on the team thing, just because there's such a good community and everyone's so open and willing to learn the sport and it's everyone kind of coming together and growing up through the sport together. And I think if you, you know, you don't start that kind of, Ooh, only girl, weird. If that never starts, then they'll probably never really have to face it. And they'll just grow up playing the sport. And I think if we can get enough young girls starting to play from a younger age, I think that'll really help to build up the program, but obviously that's years in the making, but my two cents <laughs> you gotta start somewhere absolutely i know yeah. we, we've tried to get the youth program going and it's always hard to get people to come back and back and back but you know you, there's always a few that always like you know i stuck with it and stayed throughout the years but yeah you know it, it's going to reach somebody yeah absolutely because it's it's it is a tricky sport to pick up as an adult um but it's just again it's the greatest community ever so there's all the time in the world to kind of learn and practice and grow in the sport which i really commend everyone for Perfect. Yeah, I know that in uh, Glasgow they do have a youth program that's kind of still in its early days. 
Um, and I've been over there a couple of times with Danny Quinn um, before we've headed off to National League games, and there are quite a few young girls um, who are showing up to that. Whether how how consistently that's the case, I'm not sure. But a couple of times I've been there, and it's there's definitely been a good mix uh, of boys and girls. So hopefully, uh, what you're what you're seeing will come to fruition in the next few years, where we'll start to see a better pathway for children of any uh, persuasion or gender um, to be able to come into the game and, and feel part of the community from day one. Um, without that kind of awkwardness of the kind of first kid, the new, new, new kid's first day in school uh, vibe that goes on. Um, let's move on from that then, Marina, to your time playing in Scotland. You arrived in the UK, like you said, at the start of 2019. Uh, your arrival coincided with the arrival of a brand new team, uh, the Aberdeen Express, which you were then assigned to. Um, tell me about the process of coming to your first few training sessions and how you became a member of the Express. Yeah, well, um, I'd started talking to um, the coaches. Uh, I think I was talking to Stephen and Jared at the time before I'd even moved over to Scotland, just asking, oh, I Googled this team. Um, do you think I could play on it? And they're like, oh, yeah, like, come on over. So I met them at the pub, I think, like the second day I got into Scotland, super nervous, not knowing anybody there. And I didn't <laughs> like know what they looked like. It's like, do you play baseball? Are you the guy I'm looking for? So, yeah, basically just... Um, had a couple pints and had some good chats and Jared uh, basically said, oh, um, you're going to be a pitcher, by the way. I looked at him like, oh, fat chance, that's going to happen. And uh, yeah, lo and behold, a couple months later, I was <laughs> pitching for the team and uh, it was so great. I just, I felt such a good sense of community on that team right from like the first practice. Um, so cool seeing people from all over the world somehow come together in Aberdeen, whether it be for work or for school. But the one thing that united everyone was just the love of baseball. And yeah, that really stuck with me. So yeah, I clicked with them quite quick. You a pitcher from the start or did they say, no, you know what? You, you, you have years of experience to play baseball. So you're going on the hill. <laughs> Basically, yeah. They told me if, if I could throw a ball relatively straight in a target and I've played the sport for a good few years, yeah, I'm probably going to pitch. So I didn't believe them at first, but um, yeah, they, they persuaded me. <laughs> So you guys on the Express, you had an absolutely electric inaugural season in 2019. Uh, you finished um, in the top three uh, your first year. Um, however, obviously, after the COVID pandemic last year and into this year, the Express have, for the time being, been sort of kiboshed. Um, mm -hmm. that, were you pissed at that decision in, in any way? Or, or uh, obviously, with you moving to Tayport, by that point, was that something that you weren't overly fussed by? But you, know, you, you guys put on a hell of a lot of efforts to build that team up from nothing um, and then obviously for it to go away after just one season was that was did that okay anyway yeah it was honestly um well it was such a great season and ending on such a high note even though we lost in the finals um it was still such a nice run to the end like we were on quite a good of a uh, winning streak there so it was such a great season and everyone's so much fun um but it was a shame to see the team fizzle out and I think it's just because of numbers a lot of people left the team um I know I was um having some talks with the coaches as well um if I would stay with the express and just um kind of transit every week and just play with them but I think um ultimately the decision came that we wouldn't have enough players regardless so just um amalgamate into the one team back into the Oilers but I would love to see the express come back because 
I think the jerseys were pretty sweet. <laughs> we had a great team. Okay. It was a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. So see that that's funny you mentioned it because I wasn't asking. You know, you've got two uniforms now. Which one do you like better? So <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, <laughs> not gonna go there. Is that, is that <laughs> I got, I got my tapeworm hat right here. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. I wore I mean, a new shirt today. I don't know if it's backwards on this. I'd have to say the expression of one is just about shade. Um, <laughs> as an impartial third party, uh, I just I like the green and the gold. Yeah. So you know you just played in the Stephen Loudon's hands now. <laughs> you know, what team's green and gold? What team's green and gold? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stevie's not gonna let you leave that one down now. No, I, I like. He's banned. He's banned. Eh? He's not allowed. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, like, I like both uniforms as well. So I was just curious if you had one you leaned to the other, and we, we won't go there on that one. So well, all you guys need to do is get yourself some sky blue. Oh, the sky blue is pretty sweet. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> so um, let's move on from 2019. Then uh, we've seen the Express come out of nowhere, have a really good season and a dominant run, like you said, in the stretch into the Caledonia Classic. Lost a nail biter. Uh, you know, it was pretty much down to the wire uh, in that Caledonia Classic final. 2020 comes, uh, we're all getting ready for the new season, and then it just doesn't happen. Um, in the process, in between that and 2021, you've moved over to Dundee, and uh, you're now playing with Haycourt. Talk us through your first uh, season as a breaker, obviously it's the inaugural season for the team, um, so you've experienced that in back-to-back -back seasons, and obviously we've seen the standings, it's been very different, um, very different vibes across the, the two years, obviously, with the Express, really good season, with the breakers, not the best record, but you guys every week have gone from stress to stress to strength and they uh, have built, one of the, in my opinion, the best uh, ballpark uh, in Scotland. Um, so, so many strides in such a short time or, you know, twice uh, for yourself, but over the course of just over two and a half years. Tell us about your first year as a breaker. Yeah, um, I've absolutely loved it. Um, it's a great team. Again, like I said, great people make the team. Um, Jason's done a great job being a manager. He's... Um, the work he puts into it is just insane like he's there all the time like on the field itself recruiting um getting a backstop for us he's just done an insane job so props to him majorly because he does a great job of managing um being with the breakers as well it's been great like again there's such a, a wide variety of um players a lot of the guys have been practicing for a couple of years but have yet to um play in a league game before so that's a little bit different than um what I was seeing in the Aberdeen team. Cause when I came to the express, although it was a new team, um, a lot of the guys had played on the Oilers before. So a lot of them had experience and they're coming over just starting with this new team. Whereas the breakers is mostly people who have never actually played in the, or a lot of them hadn't played in the league before. So um, I guess that was a bit of a difference and perhaps why we had a little bit of a slower start than what the express had, but um, kind of picking it up together from the end. But I think we've made a lot of improvements in the year. Um, I think the bats were really slow at the start of the season for us. Um, we just weren't, <laughs> weren't getting on base. And um, we all know that's gonna bite you in the butt in Scottish baseball, you need to score runs. So um, that was one thing we really worked on a lot, a lot of batting practice and stuff. Um, a lot of guys put in extra work on weekends as well um, when they could just batting practice stuff. So props to them as well. And it paid off because bats started to heat up a little bit near the end of the season and keeping it rolling into postseason, hopefully. So no, your no. mom, your mom's cracking me up. She can't understand John. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just see these comments. Oh, 
<laughs> so Maybe John, I'll you speak to, like John, this today. John, you speak less. I'll ask the questions from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man. Let's get bigger, Dave. <laughs> so uh i would say let's go back to aberdeen before we talk about that is it, do you have a moment from your first year in aberdeen that's been special for you that you may you remember from there wow um a great question oh it's a crazy aunt sorry that's your crazy aunt <laughs> you gotta tell him to calm down <laughs> chill out over there chill out um i just remember there's this one I think it was in the final game and I was pitching and who was I pitching to? I think it was, Oh, I can't remember, but it was just like the longest at bat, like the balls kept getting felled off. I think there was like 16 pitches in that at bat at something. And I was like, this is the most fun I've had playing baseball in such a long time. Like it was just pure, like pitcher versus batter, like in each other's minds, where's the pitch going to go? And um, yeah, I think he ended up getting a hit off me, but I was like, oh, darn it, you deserve that. Like that was such a good, um, good kind of battle back and forth. And that really stuck with me. And in the final game too, and I was just having the best time ever. Like this is, um, this is why you play the sport. Just have some fun. There's also been oh, so many just like hilarious moments from my first year in Aberdeen, just um, things that happen on the base path that you share a few because you just don't know what happens in baseball in scotland and you exactly. come over here and go i had this kind of certain level that i expect baseball at and then you you realize what it is and it's a <laughs> level of going i have guys that played minor league baseball have guys that played college baseball and have guys who just went back to toronto and showed up and had to go i have a glove yeah i want to play baseball and so it really is a wide variety there so uh, there's, there's always the weird and wonderful that happens here absolutely the stuff like some of the hot boxes on the base paths have just sent me laughing yeah it's so funny but um yeah it's just can't get anything better it's so good so much fun but yeah it is it was something that um you have to realize playing the sport at one level coming from Canada and playing at this level and just understanding who you're playing with is is a big thing as well and it's a good learning experience absolutely I mean it gives people something to strive to and I think we really see it this year with uh, the two developmental league and the normal league now where people go, okay, right. I can get my reps in and see where I need to get to. I mean, we have the unfair advantage of having betting cages and, you know, nice weather all summer long where you can go play catch with people you know, mm -hmm. and you don't have to go and look at the weather and go, well, it's like an 80% chance of rain today and we might get this game in or we might get it in, in, in but we've got to travel two hours regardless to the game. Exactly. Yeah. It's a lot. That's what I said. Like it's a thing I come to a lot, but Baseball is so much simpler in Canada, I think, because everything's done for you. You don't have to set up your own fence. You don't have to set up your own backstop. It's just there. You don't have to do all this extra. So that's what I've always given props to um, people playing Scottish baseball is because they just truly love the sport and they're going to put in that extra work just so they can throw a ball around. Whereas I think a lot of people from North America probably take that for granted just because it's so easy to play. Absolutely. They have everything at their hands, yeah we get a lot of people who say it's like you guys really play for the love of game out there like you said yep. you know you, you know you're giving up your sunday you, you have to you're, you're there at the field three hours beforehand to get everything set up yeah you, you know you're trying to cobble your team together of who, who's available today who could make it who couldn't make it and what position am i playing today <laughs> yeah. literally five minutes before the first pitch is thrown yeah what positions 
I think that's one of the unique things of baseball out here is because again, like you said, everyone's so passionate about it here and the community is so fantastic. So you don't mind those things there and you have those good stories about everyone there and it's just a lot of fun. Exactly. Yeah. No, I love it. All right, John. Sorry, I'm gonna take let you go take over again. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like there's a bit of uh, aggro kicking off in the comments here. Uh, <laughs> Auntie Tina has contested that she can read lips, um, so it looks like your mum and Auntie Tina. I hope I just hope, I hope we're not in the same room right now. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> the thing is, there are subtitles here. Like you get subtitles. At least I do on my phone. Well, I mean, to call them subtitles is a bit generous. To be honest, have you ever tried them? It's not. It's not very. Probably good. not for the for the Scottish accent, to be honest. No, no, definitely not for a Scotsman. No, <laughs> subtitles. All generated subtitles on for a Scottish person. It's just going to come out gibberish, um, yeah. which I mean, I guess is probably uh, fitting, really, more than anything. A um, couple of wee notes here that I've seen. Uh, Glasgow had a girls baseball team back in the early two thousands. Says Stephen Loudon, and a uh, friend Nick Clark has said that Edinburgh had a ladies team sponsored by Royal Mail back in 1980. Is that something you know anything about, Jason? I don't, but you know what, Nick? We have Keith Grant coming on the show in the off-season, and he's going to give us the update of what it was like uh, back in the day because uh, I reached out to him, and he said he still has some of those uh, league brochures from back in the early 90s there. So so hopefully he can fill in more about that, or you guys can both come on and chat all about playing baseball in the 90s. Yeah, absolutely. Um so Marina, let's close up the interview section with uh, the future. Um, what does the future hold for the table of Bakers? What are you guys' goals? And uh, what, what do you expect and your expectations for next season and beyond? And what do you personally want to see uh, and achieve uh, with the next couple of years of your play? Um, I think the Tapeboard Breakers are on the up and up. I mean, um, Jason, like I said, is just a maniac with recruiting. He's awesome. Um, we've got all these flyers and posters and I think um, the turnouts that we're going to get um, at practices for the next season are going to be really good. Um, seeing who's interested in the sport and um, we've got a couple late pickups as well. So that's going to be really nice to actually work with them um, throughout the season um, leading up to the season as well. Um, and like I'd mentioned before, I think um, we're going to look more into something with the women's team, um, whether that's just kind of doing some practices uh, just with the women there or kind of integrating them into the normal practices. Not sure what that's going to look like, but um, hopefully get some better turnouts there. Something more focused at kind of a woman's, a woman's team of sorts. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Tapeport's going to do quite well. And I think, yeah, we're going to have a good, uh, good interest in the sport in Dundee for sure. And in the Tapeport area. So excited to see what that brings. Um, for myself, um, well, I feel like um, one thing that I've noticed upon coming from Canada to here is that I've taken on more of that kind of that coaching role. So um, I haven't really gotten much time to work on my personal development in the sport, um, which is something that was a little tough to come to grips with. At first, I'm like, I want the refs, I want grounders, like, Arr. but um, so I've just had to change my mindset a little bit and kind of focus more on um, helping others with the sport and kind of leading more to, um, Kind of passing my knowledge on to others and helping um, them when they have need little tips and stuff. So I really do enjoy that portion of um, coaching, and I think I can get better at that because it's not something that I've done a lot of. Um, back in Canada, um, some of my BC teammates started a um, a girls program as well, and they're coaching that. And I was lucky enough to be a part of that for one season, 
before I moved over. So I just have a little bit of coaching experience there, but I think um, I can get more involved and kind of start making some better practice plans and stuff and really getting um, improving my coaching skills, I suppose. Do you see that as being your long-term future in the game, uh, transitioning into full-time coaching? Um, I mean, I still love playing the game. Like I can't lie and say I don't want to be out there. So that's that's the issue. It's like a push and pull from me. It's like I know um, I do have a lot to offer in a coaching role because I think I do have some decent knowledge I can pass on to other players. So whether that be separate kind of coaching sessions, maybe with the women's team, and then I still play, you know, in the normal league maybe something with that but um i can't see myself ever stopping playing like i love playing way too much so i'm <laughs> too selfish in that matter <laughs> glad to hear it the league needs more personalities of players like yourself <laughs> thanks again so very much for joining us tonight uh jason do you have anything else you want to ask the guest absolutely so i was going to ask did you try out do you have a british passport to try out for the women's team because i know they had uh tryouts a couple weeks ago ah yeah so no i don't but there's a possibility I could maybe get one and my mom will probably comment on this but um my mom was born in Africa and she took up British citizenship as a child no correct me if I'm wrong mom but I think there's a way that I could if she reinstates that passport that I could say that my parent has a passport and that might allow me to play Yes, it was because your direct parent, um, you can get a passport. So, so tell your mom to get her passport done so you can get your yeah. passport. Don't <laughs> be totally selfish, mom. Yeah, yeah come on. We'll, we'll get Aunt Tina on you, mom. If you don't get yeah. that done. Aunt Tina's going to kick your ass. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think you'd be an asset for the team. And I, I really know Doris has you know, poured her heart into the program. And I think you know, it'd be, it would be would be fantastic. We had someone from Scotland to represent that there. And again, I think it would be fantastic for the team. Um, uh, also, uh, how can you possibly be a, a Blue Jays fan so close to the Mariners? <laughs> okay, well, here's the thing. So I don't know if you know this or if you experienced this while you're in Seattle, but um, when the Jays come to Seattle, everyone from Vancouver floods into Seattle and it's like a home game for the Jays because everyone's like wearing their Blue Jays stuff. All the Canadians are there. We're all so excited to see each other in the streets. Like, oh, hello at Pike Place and everything. So it's, um, yes, I've seen a lot of Mariners games. I absolutely love the Mariners as well. Like I can't lie. They'd be my second favorite to be honest. But um, yeah, if the Jays are going to play there, I'm going to be rooting for the Jays. Uh, fair enough. It was interesting this year because I think the borders are still closed, so they couldn't actually come down for the game. Yeah, yeah. So it's, a, it's definitely a bummer for the Canadians there, but um, <laughs> I really miss that a lot. Yeah, I know. I, I have a couple of friends from Vancouver over here, and they're always like, yeah, I'm a huge Mariner fan until the Blue Jays are in town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone switches. Yeah, it's classic. <laughs> so perfect. Well, brilliant. Thanks so much for coming on. It was absolutely fantastic chatting with you, and hope to see you in person and watch you play now. Absolutely. Thank you again so much for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, like I said uh, last week on show, I'm going to spend more time in Dundee than I'd like to uh, <laughs> next season. So I'll be at a tape or breaker season ticket holder. I'll oh, be expecting to see some good baseball uh, every Sunday <laughs> and every other Sunday. Um, again, thanks so much for joining, for joining us, uh, Marina. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and uh, catch you on the field next year. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. We'll just hang around for a bit here as we wrap the show up. Again, tomorrow we've got an exciting show with Ren Quantrill. Uh, we'll, we'll be chatting about his time over with Team GB and catching up with him there. So, yeah, lunchtime show tomorrow, 1 o'clock, doing live with Ren. So if you have any questions or just have nothing to do for lunch, come join us.
Yep, uh, yeah, and if you have any questions you want to ask Red about his time uh, in the GB setup and won't be able to make tomorrow's show, just uh, fire them to us either below this video or in a private message or an email uh, to uh, is it capsandpipes.gmail.com. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we'll see some of you tomorrow. If not, we'll be at the regular time next week, 9 o'clock on a Tuesday. Yep, thanks so much, guys, for joining us. Check us out on Facebook. It's at Caps and Pipes. Same with Twitter. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, and all the rest of it. The usual podcast platforms can find the audio version. Uh, just search World Caps and Bagpipes. We have YouTube. Just search World Caps and Bagpipes there. Or go to linktree.com slash Caps and Pipes. That's got all the different links that we've got. And uh, we're working on updating uh, that the more. Uh, thanks again for joining us. And we will see you tomorrow on Wednesday.